Good morning and welcome to worship. Our holy gospel today is from John, the 14th chapter, beginning at verse 23. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, granted by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. World-renowned theologian, author, and preacher, Frederick Buechner wrote, and I'm sure he spoke it as well, He says, as much as it is our hope, it is our hopelessness that brings us to church on Sunday. As much as it is our hope, it is our hopelessness that brings us to church on Sunday. The world that I see and experience on a daily basis is not a hopeful place. And it is to that sense of hopelessness that both you and I, as children of God, we are called to speak and to act. Beekner also reminds me that as a preacher... I'm called here not to be an actor or a musician in this pulpit that I stand in front of you with today. But rather, I'm simply called to be myself. I'm called to tell the truth as I have experienced it. I'm called to be a human a human. And that calling is enough for any person. I think that one of the reasons why you and I are here today is because we want to hear and we want to experience and we want to be reassured that in the midst of all of our sense of hopelessness, all of this brokenness and this lack of wholeness, that we see all around us that we are still loved by Jesus. That Jesus still loves us. 
That in the midst of all this hopelessness, this confusion, this violence, this dysfunction in this world, we desire, we desire and we need to hear that Jesus still has our back. That Jesus is still in our corner. That Jesus intends to be right beside us in the midst of it all through thick and thin The reason I sang that song today is because I believe through its imagery, through its lyrics, the poetry of the words, and through its raw honesty, it's speaking truth to the hopelessness of our world. That in every corner of this world, whether it be in the desert or the mountain or the valley, in the city or in the countryside, The cries are the same. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm lonely. I'm old. I'm broken. And I need to hear and know that I can be whole again. That I can have a sense of your holy and divine presence in the midst of hopelessness. And the chorus to that song is calling for and pleading for Jesus to come. Come and walk with us. And to have our backs. And assure us of a living hope through his presence with us. Come and be our king. Come and be with us. To assure us of a living hope. One of the things that I've been thinking about this week is I've been thinking about being more conscious of seeing Holy Spirit sightings and seeing evidence of this living hope. I heard a story of hope this past week at my daughter Grace's commencement address in Evanston, Illinois. I heard the courageous first-hand story from the very words of the woman who experienced this. Her name is Bree Newsom Bass. Anybody here know who Bree Newsom Bass is? Well, let me tell you who Bree Newsom Bass is and what she did. Five years ago, in the midst of and in response to the hopelessness that she had heard of and seen on the news to the senseless and brutal racially motivated killings at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, where ten black people coming together for Bible study and prayer were gunned down and murdered senselessly through her act of defiance, through her act of hope, And through her act of protest to that sense of homelessness, she said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And on a day five years ago, shortly after that, that mass killing, She went to the state capitol in South Carolina and Bree Newsom Bass. She climbed a flagpole, probably as tall as the flagpole that we have right out here, 
behind the Friendship Cafe. And she removed a Confederate flag. And as she removed the flag, she spoke these words. In the name of Jesus, this flag must come down. That one action by Bree Newsom Bass, by one person, that one action energized a movement to remove Confederate symbols that even continues to this day. And I believe that she was able to do that just and courageous act because she knew in her heart and in her mind that Jesus would not stand for that. That Jesus was with her and it was the just and it was the righteous thing to do. As I have reflected upon this passage this week, I have continued to look for Holy Spirit sightings and to try, try and be more consciously aware of where those Holy Spirit sightings are. And Jesus gave his disciples and he has given us that same promise and that sense of assurance that we have been given the advocate, the one who will come and be alongside of us, right here, who has taken up residence in each and every one of us and will come and make its home in us. Jesus has assured us and told us that that is happening and already has happened. And that's a promise that we hear through multiple places in Scripture. Even in the Psalms, Psalm 123 says, The Lord will watch over your life, your coming, and your going, both now and forevermore. I think the psalmist knew that God lived within him. Last week in the book of Revelations, you heard the words of promise, See, the home of God is amongst mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will will be with them. As I sat at that commencement celebration last week of my daughter and those other several uh, graduates, I saw the evidence of Christ's presence in the lives of those seminary graduates. And they were there as a witness and as a testament to the world that the Spirit of God, that the Advocate, that the Counselor is actively working, still alive, walking alongside of and living in the lives of people called to live out the Gospel through the words that they speak and through the love and the compassion that they will share in their ministry work and through the gift of their presence in people's lives, even in the midst of all of the brokenness. I heard and saw the presence of God's Spirit living in the life of a woman who even in the midst of brokenness and desperation, she claimed the promise of God being present with her in the midst of all of her trials and challenges as she came into my office and shared with me her life story. Physical abuse from her ex-husband a near strangulation that nearly killed her. 
And because of that abuse and because of that near-death experience through strangulation, she experienced neck and back injuries that make it difficult for her to even stand or to even walk today. A daughter who's incarcerated, living, leaving a child for her to raise and take care of. And now to complicate and make life even more difficult, she's facing eviction from her home. And yet in the midst of all of that, she stood in my office and I could see it in her face and in the words as she spoke that even in the midst of all those challenges in her life, she clung, she clung to the promise and the hope that Christ was with her and that he was walking alongside of her in the midst of all of that. That I saw, I experienced the Spirit of God right there in that moment. And yesterday, as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ gathered here, to celebrate and honor the life of our brother, Clarence. I saw a Holy Spirit sighting here yesterday through these people who had come together to gather, to stand in solidarity with and to stand with Carol and to support her and uplift her and encourage her and to support her in this time of loss and grief. And as I saw people coming down the pathway towards the columbarium, I thought to myself, this is a Holy Spirit moment. As people were coming, even, in, even during a time of loss and grief and death, they were coming with a sense of hope. Even in the midst of the brokenness and the hopelessness, they came with a sense of hope to send Clarence on his way with God's speed and to say, he lives, he's alive right now with Jesus because of what Jesus Christ has done for him and for us on the cross. That, my friends, was a Holy Spirit moment. Frederick Buechner says, as much as it is our hope, it is our hopelessness that brings us to church on Sunday. As I stand before you today and every weekend, I pray and I ask Jesus to give me the words that I might say something that's relevant. Something that's relevant. A word of relevance that speaks to my brokenness and to your brokenness. A word of relevance that speaks to my sense of not being whole and to your sense of not being whole. And if you're, if, if you're feeling whole and if you're feeling unbroken, I don't know if you're being honest with yourself. Because there is not a day that doesn't go by that I don't feel broken and unwhole. I pray and I ask Jesus to give me words of relevance to a world that is broken and in dire need of healing and restoration, transformation, and perhaps most important of all, 
a word of relevance that would give us a sense of peace. Jesus has given us a promise, and he has come to make his home with us. And Jesus has assured us that he has come to live amongst us mortals, to have our backs, to be in our corner, and to continually be walking beside us with the advocate, the Holy Spirit, by our side. And Jesus is reminding us again today that he continues to send forth his Spirit, that his Spirit is at work within us and around us to make all things new. It really is a very simple image when you think about it. I was walking on my morning walk yesterday, and as I was walking my four-mile walk, I was thinking to myself, Jesus is walking right next to me. It's a very simple thing. It is more than an image. It is a promise. And nothing can take his presence away. And we need to be reminded and to be mindful of that promise so that we can live each day with a sense and a confidence of hope in the midst of the hopelessness that surrounds us. And it is with that same confidence that we pray, send forth your spirit and we shall be created. Why do we pray that prayer every single Sunday before the sermon? Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth as we live into Christ's promises to always be with us. Amen. Please join me with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.